0: The very air in the heart of the city seemed choked by its own weight. Skyscrapers, once symbols of progress, now leaned on each other like ancient, weary giants, their facades a mix of rot and rust. The streets, once bustling with life, were cracked and split, forming twisted paths like the arteries of a long-deceased beast. Pools of stagnant water reflected the sullen grey of the sky and a pervasive smog rendered the midday sun a mere whisper of its former self. Yet, amidst this tableau of desolation, there existed an enigma. A swath of land, roughly half a square mile, that seemed untouched by time's corrosive hand. The garden stood like an oasis, its vibrancy clashing with the world around it. But calling it merely a garden would be akin to calling a cathedral a room. It was nature's masterpiece. Every hue of green was represented here. From the pale, almost translucent greens of the ferns to the deep, rich tones of the ancient oaks. The grass, rather than just blanketing the ground, seemed to pulse with life, each blade shimmering and dancing to a song only it could hear. But it was the flowers that truly drew the gaze. Roses, so dark they appeared black, contrasted sharply with luminescent daisies, whose petals glowed with an inner fire. Odd plants, ones that no botanist could ever categorize, dotted the landscape. Some, had petals that seemed almost liquid, shimmering and shifting, while others had thorns that dripped with a nectar so lustrous they could be mistaken for diamonds. Water features, too, adorned this sanctuary. Crystal-clear streams snaked their way through the terrain, their waters dancing over pebbles and stones, creating melodies that joined the silent chorus of the garden. Ponds, filled with water lilies of iridescent colors, mirrored the sky, providing homes for creatures that flitted just beneath the surface. At the heart of it all, atop a gentle rise, was the throne. Crafted not by human hands but by nature itself, It was a fusion of vines, branches and roots, forming in a seat fit for a queen. And upon it sat Briatorn. Her skin was as pale as moonlight, contrasting starkly with the emerald, tones of her living dress, which seemed to grow and change even as one watched. Her hair, cascading down in waves, was intertwined with flowers and vines. But it was her eyes, cold and piercing, that held the most power, They spoke of ancient knowledge and the kind of authority that came from being one with nature. She sat, not as a ruler looking upon subjects, but as an artist admiring her masterpiece, every so often reaching out to caress a leaf or petal, her touch bringing even more vibrancy to her creations. It was a sight both awe-inspiring and haunting, a vivid spectacle of life thriving among ruins. Whispers traversed the dilapidated streets and back alleys of the city. In hushed, tones, people spoke of the curative and enriching powers of Briathorn's garden. Myths and tales, spun by the hopeful or perhaps the delusional, painted pictures of petals that shimmered in one's hands, turning wounds into scars and copper coins into gold. Taverns were rife with stories of those who claimed to have witnessed such miracles, bolstering the reputation of the garden's treasures. As a result, a growing number of souls, consumed by either the allure of wealth or the desperation of healing, set their sights on the garden. They came in many forms, agile acrobats from the city's underbelly, mages seeking ingredients for their spells, or mere commoners, hoping for a quick turn of fortune. The garden, however, was not defenceless. Its boundaries, though seemingly benign, were an obstacle course of peril. Walls built not of stone or wood but of tightly packed bramble bushes and gnarled trees rose high. These barriers seemed to pulse, thorns protruding then receding, like the breath of some colossal beast. The more adventurous thieves attempted to scale these, only to find the vines alive and hungry, their thorns slicing through the soft flesh-like daggers. Some more cunning, chose the path beneath. Digging tunnels, they believed they could bypass the living walls. But as soon as they emerged within the garden's embrace, the ground beneath them would roil and shift, like quicksand made of grass and moss, pulling them under until only muffled screams could be heard. Yet, the garden's true defense was its retribution. Should a thief be so audacious as to pluck a flower or touch a sacred leaf, A spectacle of horror would ensue. Vines, as if having a mind of their own, would shoot towards the intruder, binding arms and legs in a deathly embrace. The thief would then be lifted into the air or dragged beneath, their terrified screams echoing in the night. The transformation was swift but agonizing. The thief's skin would turn green, taking on the rough texture of bark or the softness of moss, Fingers elongated into branches, feet rooted themselves deep into the soil, and soon, human facial features would contort and transform. Eyes, once filled with fear, would gloss over and turn into glistening, dew-covered berries. Lips that once screamed in agony would seal shut, morphing into petals of various hues. As dawn's first light kissed the garden, One could see its newest additions, statuesque trees or bushes bearing humanoid forms. Their postures forever frozen in their final moments of despair, they became silent guardians, watching over the treasures they once sought to pilfer. Every new figure was a testament to the garden's might and a warning to any who might dare defile its sanctity. In the city's shadows, away from the prying eyes of its denizens, the verdant blades trained. No not just for their combat skills, but for their intimate knowledge of plant law, they were a formidable group. Their symbol, a blade piercing a leaf, was a mark of both respect and fear. Each member of the blades was handpicked, chosen not just for their martial prowess but for their unique connection to the botanical world. Their reputation was such that even the bravest warriors hesitated before crossing them. At the helm of the Blades was a man known simply as Viral. Tall and imposing, with a labyrinth of scars covering his visage, he was a living testament to countless battles. Yet, it was his eyes, burning with intelligence and resolve, that spoke volumes of his indomitable spirit. He viewed the garden not as a threat, but as the ultimate test of his group's mettle. In preparation, the Blades scoured ancient texts, consulted wise hermits, and undertook perilous journeys to obtain the rarest of herbs. Under Viral's watchful gaze, they brewed elixirs that could resist the garden's most potent venoms and crafted salves to protect their skin from the aggressive touch of predatory plants. Their weapons, forged from rare metals, were infused with toxins so potent that even the smallest scratch could cause paralysis. Finally, the night of their assault arrived clouds veiled the moon, plunging the city into deeper darkness. Using this to their advantage, the blades moved silently, approaching the garden's borders. Their every step was calculated, their every breath synchronized. But the garden, it seemed, was many steps ahead. As the first blade set foot within its boundary, what looked like an innocuous puddle of nectar morphed, pulling him under with a force that belied its serene appearance. Before his comrades could react, the ground trembled as massive trees, previously stationary, wrenched themselves from their spots. With surprising speed and agility, they swung their limbs, knocking several blades off their feet, their weapons skittering away in the chaos. A soft, almost imperceptible hum filled the air. From the very earth beneath them, a fine mist of spores erupted. Those caught in the cloud inhaled involuntarily, their eyes going wide with terror as they were thrust into nightmarish visions of their darkest fears. Amidst the pandemonium, viral, seemingly immune to the garden's defenses, forged ahead. His every step was purposeful, his gaze fixed on the distant throne where Briatorn sat, observing the mayhem. Around him, The very flora seemed to hesitate, as if recognizing the power he wielded. But Viral had no illusions, he knew the true challenge lay ahead. With every stride, he moved, deeper into the heart of the garden, ready to confront its enigmatic queen. The final approach to the throne was akin to navigating the very veins of the garden. Plants, both familiar and grotesquely alien, loomed on either side, their forms barely visible in the dim, filtered light. And at the end of this verdant corridor stood the throne, with Briathorn its majestic occupant. As Viral closed the distance, he felt a piercing sensation, like he was caught in the crosshairs of a deadly predator. Lifting her head, Briathorn's ice-blue eyes locked onto him. Those eyes held millennia of wisdom, power, and an inherent command over the living realm she ruled. The subtle air of detachment she exuded, even amidst the ongoing skirmish, was unnerving. Seeing him advance, she gracefully rose, her gown of leaves and petals rustling softly. With an almost dismissive gesture, she beckoned her green guardians to her defense. In response, the grove itself seemed to come alive with even greater fury. Vines, previously lying dormant, sprang to life lunging at him with the ferocity of serpents. Massive flowers tapped at him with petal-laden jaws, while the ground beneath his feet constantly shifted, trying to throw him off balance. But Viral was no ordinary intruder. With every swing of his toxin-coated blade, plants recoiled and withered. His movements were a dance of precision, each step calculated to avoid the lethal embrace of the botanical horde. Yet, for all his skill and preparation, the sheer numbers and the relentless nature of his adversaries began to take their toll. It was then that Briart Horn unveiled her masterstroke. With a fluid motion, she summoned from the depths of the garden a colossal vine. It surged forth with incredible speed, its girth wider than three men combined. Before Viral could react, it coiled around him, its thorns piercing his armor and skin with ease. The toxins, specially crafted by Briarthorn herself, coursed through his veins, their potency far surpassing anything he had prepared for. Instead of the horrific transformation that had befallen many before him, Viral's fate was uniquely cruel. His body began to fold in on itself, bones and muscles compressing, and skin changing texture. Within moments, what was once a towering leader was reduced to a delicate, tiny bud, still radiating the faintest essence of his former self. With a satisfied smirk, Briarthorn approached, plucking the bud from its vine. Gently, she planted it in a pot of rich soil that stood next to her throne. As water was poured, and the first rays of dawn illuminated the bud, it became evident that Viral, the once feared leader of the Verdant Blades, was now nothing more than a fragile plant, forever to remain by Briathorn's side as a testament, to her unparalleled might. The tales that emerged from the garden's encounter with the verdant blades were not just of defeat but of a chilling demonstration of power. The city's inhabitants would whisper of the night when the bravest of them all were reduced to mere flora, their stories passing into the realm of legends, shared in muted whispers in the shadowy corners of taverns. While the city's buildings grew more decrepit, the garden's dominion flourished. Streets once filled with the hustle and bustle of human life were slowly enveloped in green tendrils and moss-covered stones. Buildings that had once scraped the sky were now intertwined with enormous trees, their once clear windows obscured by cascades of vibrant flowers. Everywhere one looked, the city's once proud architectural marvels were being assimilated into the garden's vast tapestry. The humanoid plants that dotted the garden's boundaries were a stark reminder of the fate that befell those who dared challenge its sovereignty. They stood, unmoving, their postures eerily human, their features a grotesque blend of flora and man. Visitors, on the rare occasions they came near, would avert their eyes, a shiver running down their spines as they passed these green sentinels. But it was the heart of the garden that held the most profound mystery. Briarthorn, ever the enigmatic ruler, would often be seen sitting by the small pot that held the bloom born from Viral. It was a mesmerizing sight, the petals, a riot of colors, moved as though they had a life of their own, catching light in a way that made them seem to be forged from both fire and liquid. They shimmered with an inner luminescence, casting dancing shadows on the surrounding flora. Whispers began to circulate that this wasn't just a flower. They spoke of how, on particularly silent nights, a rhythmic thumping could be heard from the bloom, akin to the beating of a heart. Some claimed that the colors would change, pulsing in sync with this mysterious heartbeat. Others said that the faintest outlines of a face could be seen if one gazed long enough, a silent scream forever trapped in botanical beauty. As years turned to decades and decades to centuries, the once sprawling city became a distant memory, consumed entirely by Briathorn's ever-expanding domain. And at its very core, the everlasting bloom stood as both a monument to her triumph and the poignant symbol of nature's inexorable reclaiming of the world its heartbeat echoing the rhythms of time itself.